I must stop this whole thing. Why, for 53 years I put up with it now. I must stop Christmas from coming. But how? Tonight, the North Korean hackers going even further. This was just the latest in a series of leaks. 143 million Americans, one of the largest cyber attacks in this country's history. Estimated losses from these breaches in excess of $20 billion. Hello and welcome to Decrypted, a cybersecurity podcast for the everyday person. I'm your friendly neighborhood cyberman, Jacob Besida, and I'm joined by my cyber partner in crime. Ho, 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 Dayton Williams. Glad to be here, Jacob. I'm very jolly to be here as well. The holidays have been traditionally a prime time for online scams, a trend that has increased in recent years as we become more and more reliant on e-commerce. But now, as we all have but become reliant on Daddy Bezos and those other online services in the wake of COVID, this issue is an especially present one, if not just for the scale of the transactions being processed this year. Exactly. And it's not on Daddy Bezos either, who I think, as we all know, is the real Santa Claus now. These holiday hackers have plans to stop Christmas from coming in ways slightly less intricate, but perhaps slightly more sophisticated than the Grinch. That of targeting you with scams. All right, so as you said, Jacob, the holidays are a big time for scammers. Nearly 30% of all retail sales occurring between Black Friday and Christmas, all of that shopping is online. According to Risk IQ, who we'll hear a little bit more about later in the episode, about 83% of shoppers will spend at least half of all of their shopping budget online. This year, there's a, project, a projected record of online commerce, with over $189 billion being spent by Americans online. This means that now, more than ever, online scammers will be trying to steal their slice of the pie. Recent research from RiskIQ claims that there are nearly 1,000 fraudulent apps using holiday-related terms that cybersecurity companies consider malicious, plus over 6,000 apps using trademarked names and copyrighted slogans from popular retailers to fool you into giving up your credit card number. Commonly, the scammers will spoof or impersonate well-established websites like Walmart or Amazon, and you know what? It actually works. Because, you know, American consumers are not well-educated on online shopping scams. In fact, one in four respondents, about 24%, were found by an experience survey to have reported to being victims of identity theft or fraud during the holiday season. And this is compared to only 12% last year. That's a huge difference in such a short time. So, you know, we're looking at a plague of these scammers. Let's deal with these retail robbers. We're going to turn to our expert from Risk IQ, Stephen Ginzi. So thank you, Steve, for joining us. Uh, first off, uh, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, sure. Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm the director of threat intelligence here at Risk IQ. Uh, and I run a team of, of researchers who focus on uh, mining the data RiskIQ collects uh, on bad activity on the internet uh, to provide interesting insights to our, our customers uh, to help them uh, defend their, uh, their enterprise and understand uh, those internet assets that are, uh, that are exposed and possibly vulnerable on the internet uh, and understand who may be targeting uh, those organizations um, uh, so they can uh, have context to, uh, to respond to incidents. So what is Risk IQ and what kind of customers do you guys have? 
Uh, so as a security company, we've been around since uh, 2010. Uh, we focus on servicing the global 2000 uh, organizations, uh, and we help our customers solve uh, two discrete problems. Uh, understanding what they own, uh, which is connected to the internet, uh, and understanding who is, uh, is attacking them on a daily or weekly basis. So let's dive into these holiday hackers. This is a report that Risk IQ has released recently, and you've done this in previous years as well, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, this is, uh, I think, our fifth year of releasing the report. So what is the most common way that someone would come across a bad actor who's going to be impersonating like a brand or being a, a sort of holiday hacker in this sort of situation? Yeah, right. walk us through a little bit about their methods of attack and, and how it is that consumers would engage with someone like this. Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing uh, from, from our standpoint, since we've been doing it for, for a while, is to understand kind of how this bad uh, infrastructure and activity kind of propagates on the internet. Uh, and so for, for a normal consumer, the, the way they would most likely uh, interact with, with some of this information would be, uh, you know, a malicious mobile application uh, inside of what we like to call kind of third party uh, app stores. Uh, so don't not necessarily Google Play or Apple uh, app store, uh, but other uh, third party app marketplaces, uh, which are trying to uh, pretend to provide an organization, a, or sorry, a user, a, a great deal or access to, uh, to, to coupons or, or some kind of uh, engaging hook to, to make them come and download the application. Um, the other way that, uh, that consumers will, uh, will interact with, with these types of bad actors uh, is through uh, domain infringement. Uh, actors uh, registering domains that look like the brands that you may be interested in shopping uh, for the holiday season. Uh, and it's actually an actor-owned domain uh, that's a little bit off from, uh, from the web property that you normally would go to and interact with. Right. So that would be something like Google, but the L is replaced with like a numeric one. Exactly. Or we see there are a lot of um, new global top level domains. Uh, so things other than .com, .org, .net uh, that most consumers are, are used to interacting with. Uh, these are things like, uh, you know, uh, .ninja. Uh, there's a whole host of global um, top level domains nowadays uh, that actors are using to register uh, for you know names of businesses uh, with these uh, different TLDs. So how do actors like come across these sort of you know these these fake websites? Is it through just phishing schemes? Is it some search engine optimization? How how do they come across these fake websites usually? Uh, mainly uh, we see this activity in uh, in phishing. Uh, so they're obviously sending spam uh, mail or uh, enticing emails to to individuals. Um, but also we do see search engine optimization come into play, especially around kind of holiday keywords, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, those types of scenarios. Uh, actors are trying to use those common keywords that someone may be searching for to bump the, um, the site into uh, maybe the first or second or third page of a search result so that a user would interact with it. So how is it that RiskIQ finds, collects, captures this information on these uh, malicious apps? What is it that RiskIQ does to capture them and um, what kind of analysis does RiskIQ do? Uh, sure, good question. Uh, so a, a core kind of capability of RiskIQ is crawling the open internet uh, on a daily basis to understand our customers' attack service. And as a byproduct of that, we, we touch a lot of, uh, of public-facing internet web pages and even third-party um, app, uh, application marketplaces uh, where we interact with these pages, whether they're uh, domain infringing pages for brands uh, or uh, these, uh, these applications. Uh, that may be on these third-party app stores. Uh, for the mobile apps specifically, uh, we actually download the application and we uh, we run it uh, in our in our own sandbox environment. 
Uh, and what we're looking for is to understand uh, the permissions that the uh, the application may require for the phone, uh, maybe what uh, URLs it is reaching out to, uh, to to get additional information or send information to uh, the the developer. Uh, and so we're, we're running a very quick kind of analysis to understand uh, what the application itself is doing. Uh, and so the, the things that cause us to blacklist uh, your uh, applications are obviously if they're brand infringing uh, on a major uh, you know, retailer or financial institution uh, and they're not by uh, the, the financial institution. We're obviously checking who the developer is, uh, if it's a Gmail address or something that's uh, uh, you know, not associated to a legitimate organization. Uh, that would cause us to, uh, you know, to, to mark it as suspicious. Uh, so we're, we're kind of very quickly going through and understanding the activity that's taking place within the application. So you're doing a lot of response to, you know, seeing these malicious actors and trying to put a stop to it, you know, trying to, you know, alert people that these are not reputable sites. But beyond that, is there anything that RiskIT2 does, you know, to kind of figure out the origins of these malicious holiday shopping apps? Is there any like anything further? Uh, so we, as a, as a team, uh, do some analysis into who may be posting the, the applications, who is registering the domains. Uh, and as we find connections to known uh, cybercrime organizations, uh, we will uh, conduct, uh, you know, build out threat reports and articles for both our customer and for, for public consumption. Uh, we have a, um, a threat portal that uh, anybody can log into and see uh, some of our most recent kind of articles uh, that the team ha has written uh, on cybercrime, espionage, uh, you know, malicious mobile applications. Uh, so as we find, um, uh, you know, high fidelity information about who is behind the, the attack or the, uh, you know, these applications, we, we are releasing that information. Uh, as of right now, we're still kind of in our, uh, you know, in our investigative process for this year's information. Yeah, this is a lot of qualitative information. Do you have any particular like stories of, you know, actual experiences that users have had with this or things that you've been able to assist a user with? Um, uh, on, the, on the individual user consumer level, not as much. Most of our outreach tends to be to, towards organizations, though, that are impacted uh, by this activity. Uh, so uh, my team tries to do responsible disclosure uh, when we come across uh, smaller mom and pop type sites. Type, type sites that are that are hit with either credit card skimmer or maybe you know domain infringing, uh, and so we often reach out to those organizations that don't have as uh, as much security experience to to help them solve the problem, understand the time frame of when it was, um, uh, you know, when the the site may have been impacted, and, and help them with the steps to remediate. Um, you know, these are these are organizations that maybe if they're lucky have a single security person. Uh, so my team focuses on trying to to really. Uh, reduce that that kind of uh, attack profile on the compromised sites and work with the the sites uh, to remove any malicious code. You um, mentioned earlier the term uh, blacklist. Um, what does Risk IQ have to do with blacklisting, and how does that help consumers? Uh, good question. So we, uh, as a security organization, create our own uh, swath of blacklists across mobile applications, domains, hosts, uh, etc. And we feed that information to our customers to proactively block uh, those things that we identify as uh, as bad. Uh, the way we create that is, uh, you know, is through uh, machine learning models uh, and individual analyst research into uh, into the domains or applications in question. Uh, so we're feeding those out to our customers and third parties uh, to proactively block. Uh, on the application side for, uh, for app stores, we're usually working with, uh, with our customers who are actively trying to identify rogue applications uh, in the wild. 
uh, on the domain infringing side, all of our things uh, that, are, that are marked as domain infringing, we work with Google Safe Browsing uh, to proactively block those domains uh, so that as we identify them, uh, they get added to Google's list, which propagates out to browsers uh, and ensures that consumers are, aren't going to those sites as well. Uh, so we're trying to kind of do, uh, do, do both, uh, you know, support our customers and support the ecosystem itself. That's cool. You guys are like uh, the Batman of the internet cleaning up the streets. Uh, I, some days we, we, we would like to think about that. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, help kind of service that kind of uh, the Google safe browsing list. And we're happy to, to support it. It's a quick way for us to block things when it could take longer for, for us to get them off the internet. Um, you know, average dwell time for some of these things can be up to 22 days, I think you saw. Uh, in our report. Uh, so uh, if we can block those within, uh, you know, minutes uh, via Google safe browsing, uh, we protect our customers, we protect the consumer, uh, and then it gives us uh, some leeway to then go uh, get the, uh, the domain or the application removed from the internet. So you go out and you collect this information on these uh, malicious apps, malicious websites um, with your web crawling and you create lists and you, you do research and you collect all this information. Um, and you, you give that information to your clients, which are these companies. Mm-hmm. What do the companies then do with that intel, with that information? Uh, we assist our, our, our customers in doing takedowns. Uh, so we will uh, go to the vendors, the app store, the, um, the registrar for the domain itself, uh, and work with them from the service and, and to take that, that domain off the, the internet. Um, so most of the times uh, our customers are looking to remediate that, uh, that event uh, immediately outside of blocking it to get it removed from the internet. Um, so that is the end goal. Obviously, depending on um, the registrar or the organization, that's not always possible. Uh, and so that's why, you know, as I said earlier, we take kind of multiple steps to remediate the incident uh, with the end goal of taking it offline. One particular thing that we want to discuss is why is this so relevant this year with COVID and, you know, just the general holiday shopping, are we seeing an influx of these sort of scams? Is there been, why is it so important that we discuss this topic right now? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the relevance for, for us uh, is, you know, Risk IQ has been monitoring web skimming activity for, for years now. Um, and, and what that is, is similar to how uh, bad actors used to put credit card, physical credit card skimmers on, say, a gas pump and skim your credit card data uh, as you went to to fill up your car, uh, they're doing that uh, in a similar way via code uh, injected into websites and into the checkout process uh, of of websites. Uh, and so this has been activity that's that's been ramping up o- over the last few years. Um, but what we're seeing this year is obviously with the rapid transformation uh, of both the uh, you know uh, the work from home environment uh, and e commerce environment with COVID nineteen. Uh, there's so many more people shopping online and relying on online resources to fulfill what otherwise would have been, you know, um, purchases in the physical world. Uh, and so uh, we were analyzing our data and wondering if there was an uptick in the amount of skimmers that we've seen uh, and, and the, the volume of skimming activity uh, from a discrete skimmers being deployed has, uh, has stayed fairly similar to what we observed last year. Um, but what is increasing this year is the vast amount of people that are coming to online properties to do their shopping. Uh, and so, you know, that is why we think this is you know, significantly interesting this year is that COVID is pushing more people to, to use online stores to make their holiday purchases uh, than they were, you know, even a year ago. You've spoken a little bit about the comparable sort of card skimming of the past. And in, in the past, there have been breaches such as with Target, where a lot of credit card data was stolen, you know, 
that was you know there was remediation for those act uh, for the those people who had their accounts information stolen in terms of remediation online what sort of things exist is is it as painless or is it harder to prove sort of that you got scammed uh, harder for an individual to prove because it it is for the most part opaque to them right um, you know, you're going to a web property, you're purchasing uh, your, uh, you know, your item, it's getting sent to you, your credit card data is just getting siphoned off the same way it would in a physical skimmer. So it's really hard for you to, to know that it is taking place. Um, from a remediation standpoint, though, organizations are, are catching up to, to this. And so, you know, your major e-retailers -re -e uh, are actively monitoring for this type of activity. We as RiskIQ are supporting customers in uh, and monitoring their websites for these uh, skimmer injects uh, so that we can take them offline uh, very quickly. Uh, so there's a lot of security resources going into monitoring and, and actively identifying this type of activity. So with the comparable sort of, you know, like Target case, there was, you know, Target paid out money at the end of that. Is this, this is also a situation where there, you know, security failures are a potential vector for people to receive something because they were a victim of a crime because of, you know, insecure applications on their websites? Um, I don't think we haven't seen that yet. That doesn't mean we, we won't. The biggest kind of impact to summing this was um, uh, British Airways uh, was uh, in 2018 was, a, was a, had an issue with credit card skimming on their on their website. Uh, and it was one of the, the larger breaches of this type of activity. Uh, and they were recently this year fined under um, the, the GDPR laws and privacy laws in the uh, in the EU uh, to the tunes of billions of dollars for for the breach. So organizations are getting hit. Uh, with with penalties uh, under uh, you know under policy sanctions at the moment that is really driving uh, action for them to monitor for this activity. Um, uh, so we're not seeing. I, I don't know of examples where consumers are getting directly reimbursed uh, for the activity. You're seeing credit card companies uh, and even small kind of vendors taking the hit more than more than the consumer now. So um, one thing of note is that during shopping seasons, there's always um, hot ticket toys are the best selling the best selling products on like uh, products in the market, right? So if you walk down New York City streets, you could see a Gucci bag, and it's obviously uh, it's obviously fake. And you go, oh well, it's it's to skim it's to skim success off of Gucci. So on that same vein, what is what are some of the big items that the skimmers are trying to like? What kind of websites? What kind of products and services are these skimmers copying? to ride on the coattails of other successful branding and success? Our analysis looked at both the, the top 10 uh, e-tailers, uh, organizations you know, we, we all know and love, uh, combined with kind of uh, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday type deals. So what we were looking at was, were people leveraging kind of the, uh, the consumers want to get a significant deal uh, going into the holiday shopping season? Uh, to entice them to these malicious or suspicious websites. Um, so that was the significant hook that we observed. Um, you know, what I like to, what we like to say when we're looking at this is, you know, it's like anything. If it's too good to be true, uh, it probably is. Uh, and, and so, you know, online, uh, you'll often see, you know, really hot deals for the latest item, like you said. Uh, and, and for the most part, those are just hooks to get you to visit a site uh, and either sell you a, a, a counterfeit product or to scam your information outright. Um, so we didn't look at exact uh, items. Uh, we looked more at brands and how these actors were uh, were keying in on Cyber Monday and Black Friday to really drive uh, interactions with consumers. 
So Dayton and I are consumers. We're trying to avoid, you know, in-person purchasing this year. You know, it's already scary enough in real life. How are we going to avoid these scammers, these hackers out there? Uh, yeah, I think the you know for for the everyday consumer, the the two biggest things the, that we can suggest are um, you know use reputable uh, retailers online that you you normally would use uh, your your organizations like Amazon and uh, and, and top tier um, retailers have security teams in place that are monitoring for this activity. I would suggest uh, that individuals use third party payment uh, processors uh, like PayPal or Amazon Pay or anything where you've already put your credit card into uh, a kind of secure checkout process. Uh, so you're not entering your credit card at time of checkout uh, because that's where uh, the these attackers are, are siphoning the data off. So when you type in that information and submit it for, for payment. Uh, so if you if you use you know a third party payment system like Apple Pay or Amazon or, or PayPal, uh, you've already entered that information into the site. It's a secure transaction uh, when you use them. And there's uh, the information is uh, is encoded and, and there's nothing for the credit card skimmer to to get. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's like buying a Tickle Me Elmo with Bitcoin. It's a lot safer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And no one can track it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really taken aback and really uh, enthusiastic about all this work that Risk IQ is doing. If any of our listeners wanted to learn more about Risk IQ, read more about what kind of work you guys do, uh, read those articles that you were mentioning. Is there a social media handle that they can follow? Uh, at Risk IQ uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, we have a, a full website at riskiq.com. Uh, and we have a community portal where anybody can sign up and see some of the intelligence that my, my team produces. Uh, and that's at community.riskiq.com. Is there a means by which, and this this may, by, may, may not be in Risk IQ's uh, wheelhouse, but if you're a consumer and you stumble upon what you think is a, a bad actor skimming scam, is there a way to report that to Risk IQ or to another similar organization? Um, the best place to report those would be through through Google Safe Browsing. Uh, if you've stumbled on a a site like that, um, we don't have a mechanism for for everyday consumers to report them directly to us. Um, but if, if Google has a submission process, uh, and then they could uh, review the submission and take action against it. Great. Well, thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, and we're really excited to speak a little bit more on this episode when it comes out. All right. Thank you so much for having me. But that's not all for you. To help you settle into bed, I bring you now the dulcet tones of Dayton Williams. Twas the weeks before Christmas, and all crossed the net. All the families were shopping for presents to get. The shoppers were browsing and hardly aware of the scammers and schemers who were all lurking there. The cheats posted fake websites and apps online too of our favorite brands that they use to fool you. Into sharing your credit card info and then inject all kinds of malware to our chagrin. So if online deals set your heart aflutter, follow these rules so your holiday won't suffer. First, check the URL to see if it's misspelled. If it doesn't gel, your business withheld. Next, if you typically shop on your phone to buy more, ensure the source is a known, reputable app store. And last, we always want to save cash with good deals, coupons, and specials. We're head over heels. 
But if you find a deal that's too good to be true, it probably isn't. Just a crook fooling you. Be merry when shopping, but be a tad more critical. Because there are those online who are far more parasitical. From your friends at Decrypted, we hope you're all right. Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. Ring in those holidays with Now That's What I Call Cyber Incidents with all your favorite tunes like I Saw Mommy Deepfake Kissing Santa Claus My Treasury Got Run Over by Putin Deck the Facebook walls with lots of fake news It's beginning to look a lot like malicious actors All I want for Christmas is for you to change your password And many more This holiday collection can be yours with only three easy payments of $3.99 in Bitcoin Some restrictions apply, results may vary